Just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. Do it good, lick this just like you should. Right now, lick it good, lick this just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. Hello world, I'm Shawna Evans. And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Black Hipster, Hipster. where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, and sometimes other other shit. All right, Standrick. Yes. Love that song, love that song. Thank you, Kaya, for bringing us in with My Neck, My Back. Yes. A great should be in some sort of Hall of Fame, I think. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> we love the song in college. Some, some sort of hall, song hall of fame. Yeah. You know, like a chart or, or something? No, no. You know how they have the rock and roll <laughs> hall of fame. You know, I just threw the any hall of fame, even if it's just it's music, crunk, sort of southern music. From, you know, it, it should be, it's, listen, it's okay. a classic. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that it's just perfectly fitting mm-hmm. because... Now, I know your hipster ass hasn't been watching a lot of TV, but everyone knows I watch loads of TV. Yes. But there's this show on Netflix called Explained, mm-hmm. and I'm obsessed with it. I love it. And it's, they're really short episodes. It's almost vignettes. It's like 15, 17 minutes. Oh, that's nice. And every episode talks about something different. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, they're talking to experts. It's more documentary style. And they had one specific episode about the female orgasm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And there was this whole thing around the myth Mm -hmm. or the myths around the female orgasm. Yes. In that there are two different types of female orgasms. One being a clitoral orgasm and then one being a vaginal. Yes. Yes. Vaginal orgasm. Mm -hmm. And that this vaginal orgasm does not exist. Hold on. They were saying that it doesn't exist? Yes. 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 The experts have said so. I, of course, I started doing research and I started looking this up because I'm like, what? Because mm-hmm. I'm watching the episode and I'm like, this exists. This exists. I'm predicating my whole sexual health on yes. this. But apparently, um, it's the whole focus is that it's all a clitoral mm-hmm. orgasm, and that the clitoris is just this, I don't know, this like joyful playland mm-hmm. of sexual organs, if you will. Yeah, and that. You know, the the head of the clitoris is just, like, the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that's the part that we visually see. Mm -hmm. And that the internal part is just this massive, like, complicated being that actually was mistakenly a part of this whole myth of the vaginal orgasm, right? People thought, oh, it was more inner, and that's why it was a vaginal orgasm, when in fact, it was just the clitoris this whole time. It was just that we did not recognize these parts as the clitoris. So we it's actually know. larger. Yes, I guess we didn't know that it was okay. this much more massive being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it was, um, it was actually... The, the the whole thing was the clitoris this whole time. Oh, is this like a new discovery? Like relatively new? Th- very much so, yeah. yes. Yeah, because I mean, when you're, I feel like when you're a young girl, initially, like, you know, you're told about like the clitoris, right? Mm-hmm. You know about your vagina, you know about your clitoris. And I didn't... Hold on, who tells you about your health class? Who tells you about your what? Clitoris. Because also, it, to... Um, I don't 
remember. Yeah, because you're like, when you're a young girl, right, you learn about, <laughs> no, about your clitoris. And I'm like, did you learn about your clitoris? Like, <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, I would like to say yes. Did you Ms. have Baker health class? Oh, you did. Seventh and okay. eighth grade health taught us that, but probably not. No, I do remember her doing this little hand gesture to say that the, the sperm swam. Yeah. And then she would say, boys and girls, do not let anybody put their mouth on your genitals. The mouth is the dirtiest part of your body. Your genitals are the cleanest part. And then all the kids were looking around like, where's she been? Yeah. She, yeah. She didn't have a lot of fun. I mean, maybe she did. Hold up. But they were like, too late. <laughs> they were engaging in these things. I was an innocent child. I was chilling in the back. But, you know, like, because I don't remember health class, and I don't know if I've ever had it, actually. When you have that, when they're they talking about... have health class in well, Boston public schools? This is true. I, I, I'm pretty sure we definitely had it, but I definitely don't. Because as a child, you're learning about these things, and there's a certain sort of aspect of the sex. You know a man and a woman. You know the penis goes inside of the, you know, the vagina. Mm-hmm. You know that. The basics. The basics. Even when you're learning that, but it doesn't seem... There's still a lot. They don't talk about sexual... Uh, what is it? Gratification. Gratification. Yeah, right. satisfaction. Oh, so it sure. does seem like something that's a little bit, you know it, but you still, there's still a lot you don't understand, I think, when you're learning about it in health class. Oh, for sure. Yes. Well, because, and that's the thing about health class, right? Mm-hmm. It's not sex, sex ed, ed. Yes. which I think it is mistakenly called sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's not sex no, ed. It's health class. Yeah. It's like, look, this is how a baby's made. And then they show you that disgusting video of a baby being born. Which is supposed to swear the kids off sex for forever until the next year oh, when all the girls are pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they explained to you. Yeah. Did you not see the video? Did they not show you guys that video of the baby video. being born? No, we read about the books, reproductive system mm-hmm. and all of that. I think they banned it at some point after a while. Well, and Boston was very conservative, it's I know, when I was very graphic. Up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. see all the liquid come shooting out first and it's a lot. Yeah, I've seen I've actually no, seen someone have a baby. No young child should see that. <laughs> well, did you know what it was coming out of? Yes, Stanley, because I have a vagina. No, I'm just, I wonder what the boys are thinking. <laughs> the like, boys I... have no clue what's going on down there. I was talking to a colleague. This was just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand that women had like urethras. Mm-hmm. And then there was the vagina, but they yeah. were not one in the same. He thought women peed out of their vaginas. I feel like a lot of men think Grown I, men? A lot of I, grown men I'm think I'm pretty this. sure you it told me this. I learned this in my 20s. Yes. I, mainly because I didn't care. He was I in his 30s. I didn't, I didn't think about it. It wasn't... <laughs> Again, like, okay. you're like, I don't even know anything about no, the hardware down there. Not that I didn't need to know. I guess it just... <laughs> I just assumed probably... I didn't... I assumed didn't that there was one hole, but I didn't think about it a lot. Yeah, even if a lot of my friends are females that are talking about it, I didn't yeah. think about it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure yeah. there's lots of things about the penis that I don't know. He said he saw a girl peeing, I think some girl he was dating, and he was like, wait a minute, where is that coming out of? And she was like, what? Like, she was confused at how stupid his question was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not coming out of your vagina? And she's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, his mind was completely blown. <laughs> but do you think there are some women who probably don't know? I guess no, I do not. How like no. women that aren't sure where their pee is coming out of? Mm-hmm. No, I feel like I would like to think that like women do all know women, the difference. I would hope so, but I feel like probably not. I feel like there are some girls. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm like 
<laughs> a little bit crazy right now, but I did definitely. Feel I mean, like anything is possible, right? Yeah. Because if you're a young girl, you aren't really. I guess you learn about these things in class because right. you do know that there's a urethra. You learn about that in health class, definitely. Right. So I think they're probably. If you learn, and is that the place where you learned? Then you knew, hey, I have two openings. That. Yeah, but like your urethra isn't an opening that like you use for anything. It is legit just when you pee. No, no, no. Of. I know. So I know. yeah, which I mean is is all like all internal for the most part. Yeah, no, I think as a young girl, you you are acquainted for the most part with the outer stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the inner stuff that you're not taught exactly. about. It's the yeah. inner stuff. And mm-hmm. even like, oh, the G-spot and all of that, that's in question now. Mm-hmm. Is there really a G-spot? What is this thing? Where's its location? Hold up, where did they think it was before? Well, it's it's essentially towards the front of... Like, um, your uterus should, yeah. So it was the front of your uterus. So the idea was if someone, um, were to take two fingers, right? Take your pointer and your middle finger and they put it inside, right. Mm -hmm. They put it inside of your vagina and they make the come here motion. Just like the man. Then they should hit your G spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but then there's this whole notion that it's in different places and different women, right? And then, like, everybody's cervix is different, mm-hmm. and everyone's, <laughs> everyone's uterus is different. Everybody's stuff is different. So, I don't know. It's, there are a lot of, there's a lot of information out there about, still, mm-hmm. about the female reproduct, reproductive system. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it comes down to two main things, right? Which is, like, making babies and having sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For women... They're both important, but this whole notion of having enjoyable sex and uh, climaxing mm-hmm. during sex, that's the shit we want to know and we want figured out sooner than later. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but there's this whole idea that there was a vaginal orgasm and a clitoral orgasm, it did kind of give this notion that if you had a clitoral orgasm, it was kind of like the lesser of the orgasms. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, you had a cute little shallow one. Good for you. Oh. But whereas like a vaginal orgasm was like a grown woman orgasm. It was like, when you're 40, you might be able to achieve this thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's funny because it's like, yeah, no, it's all the same. And like, of course, granted, and I think this this has to pertain to men as well, where you can have orgasms that are way more powerful and more impactful. Yeah, way more intense. And, and, yeah, yeah, more intense. They're deeper. Um, and that, I think, can happen. That's a huge one. Whereas, it's like, well, now you're just getting more into the depths of the clitoris and what's going on okay. all inside of there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, people certainly, like, they spend their lives trying to figure this out. Oh, gee. Well, I guess, I mean, because one of the ways, of course, that you can figure that out is exploring yourself sort of what feels good for you and what do you enjoy because uh, then bringing yeah. someone else into it definitely complicates things because you have to worry about another person not even the worrying about them what do you mean like worrying about their pleasure in the, i think in a sense the yeah because then there's all these it's so much more um stimuli it's, it's a lot more right. going on yeah there it's they layers like, for yeah. sure but i think even more so than being concerned with their satisfaction because you would be totally like i'm gonna be selfish about this it's the fact that you now have to guide this person in finding this thing right okay. whereas like 
with you, it's like your mind and your body can be one to some degree. Where it's like you tell your hand to go here and it's done mm-hmm. versus you tell this guy, put his hand here. And it does absolutely nothing that you just said. Okay. And you're like, go left. And he's like, you're left or my left. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a fumble. It's a conversation. It's such a conversation. Like, the communication that needs to be had mm-hmm. is on a whole nother level. Um, it actually, it's interesting because in the show, they were talking about the difference between um, women who were in long-term relationships and those who were having um, hookups or like with someone for the first time mm-hmm. that their levels of satisfaction were significantly higher. The women who were in long-term relationships. Yes. Yeah. Because they probably know their bodies better. Or it's just that it's, it's a communication thing yeah. for the most part that, you know, you already have established this open communication and you're not going to be as afraid in bed, especially mm-hmm. to say, no, you need to do it like this mm-hmm. or do this to me. I like this. Um, and yes, of course, if you've been, going at this for a while, then you've sort of figured out a lot of what someone likes and what someone doesn't like. Um, but oddly enough, they said the numbers were also um, very different for women who were in same-sex relationships, um, in that women in same-sex relationships reported a higher um, rate of satisfaction okay. than heterosexual women. And I thought that was super interesting, but I was not surprised. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Right? And, if, and and the reason, why do you think it makes sense? Oh, uh, I do. Because you got the paraphernalia. Yeah, the like, yeah. Right. You've been doing a lot of the same exploratory stuff that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, when I'm like, do this like this, what that feels like yeah. to receive it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I wonder, though, what the numbers will look like for same-sex men. Because this was obvious about female mm-hmm. orgasms. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's a thing. Like, are are homosexual men um, finding more pleasure in sex than heterosexual men? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I've never been with a man or a woman. Um, no. I feel like men, sometimes it... I, I feel like men usually are going to get their rocks off. And because it's, <laughs> it's like... It's, it's, Simply put. Sim- yeah, it, it's going to come easier to them. Like with gay men mm-hmm. versus some, because like the woman, she's like, you have top or bottom. Sometimes you have the instances of the top. Usually he's going to have an easier time right. to come, depending. Sometimes you have the bottoms come first, whatever. But I think the majority is the top is going to have an easier time of coming. And a woman, man and a woman, mm-hmm. he's doing, not, he's doing Well, because essentially the person who is being penetrated is a vessel to some degree, right? They're receiving. Well, I mean, they're certain, they're receiving and I mean... I think their role is a little less, depending on the little less active, because it's kind of like when you're being thrust. I don't know about that, Chad. Well, no, 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 no. It depends <laughs> because you, there are things that you do as when you're a receiver. Definitely, mm-hmm. there are things that you can do, contracting certain muscles or even just positions. You can still be dominate, um, dominate, okay. and, and be the one receiving uh, the, the the penetration. But I think. Um, more often than not, like if you were just to lie there mm-hmm. and while they did their business, then they're probably gonna come. You know, they're probably gonna orgasm <laughs> versus, you know, you just lying there and going, I'm hoping that he'll do this for me. It's probably not gonna happen. Well, it's, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. But it just got me thinking actually because I feel like 
for women, like this idea of like, you know, just saying, I hope he'll do this for me is, is not even a notion. It's, it's not something that crosses a lot of women's minds. Um, you kind of, not always, but I think for a lot of women, especially once you reach a certain age, you understand that it has nothing to do with necessarily what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, he will have his orgasm. Whether or not you have your orgasm is very much your responsibility. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You know, it's like, so whether that's like you communicating enough to guide that person, or if you know that just purely penetrative sex is not going to do it for you, it's knowing what will, and Mm -hmm. maybe you need to get a toy, get a toy to also stimulate or whatever it is. Exactly. And that it's just like, there's no, there there isn't this idea of like, oh, he's going to give me an orgasm. It's like, nah, this is going to be a group effort, and I have to be very proactive in going out and getting Mm -hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. But you feel like for homosexual men, it's not any different than it is for a heterosexual man. I think so. Yeah. I mean, would you ex- would you undergo an experience to find out? So? No, I would not. But, uh, <laughs> Josh I don't would think that'd be pleasurable for either party. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure guys, men get frustrated. I, I don't know. I have, I would have to talk to some straight men. Mm-hmm. I would think that it's, to me, especially, I would think they're enjoying sex. Maybe not. I mean, maybe if you, I mean, there are lots of things that gay men do in relationships that traditionally heterosexual couples don't do. Well, I think but, for any homosexual couple, because right there, they were already supposed to be sort of an, an um, you know, abnormality, exactly. so to speak. So there was no playbook for mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, you make it they up. They had to create the playbook, so everything was completely unorthodox, according to our, our culture. Everything was the opposite of what, if the heterosexuals were doing this, then we do that. Maybe yeah. they are from the sense of, you. I just thought of something, because I'm pretty sure there are, most men are not getting penetrated anally, mm-hmm. so that is also something that they miss out on. Because, you know, there's a stigma associated mm-hmm. with that, especially in heterosexual relationships. So I think um, for men who... Oh, because there is also the prostate and the fact that... Yeah, the prostate. ...pleasure through yeah. having that. Yeah, and that's that's a different orgasm mm-hmm. from your... That's a different feeling right. from when it's just you're masturbating or when you're fucking... So we can curse because we're adults. But uh, when you I love how your eyes lit up. You were like, "Oh my god, just so, said this." It's okay to say "fucking yeah, honey." You know, we're just, adults. But if there are any children listening to this podcast, then you should stop. Yeah, we're gonna know, say things our, that your parents probably wouldn't want you. Or my own parents would be like, "What?" So um, anyway. <laughs> because we're adults, but yeah, we're adults. Your eyes did light up. That was Alabama right yes, there. I yeah. saw it. You it were was like, I can't I just like, said wow. that. But yeah, but yeah, just the, the you were all talking about sex um, and, and gay sex. But um, anywho, so yeah, so I think that that's something that they don't recognize. I think they can both be pleasurable. Everyone's not going to like getting, uh, what is it called? Being uh, penetrated. Being penetrated. But I, I don't think anyone would argue that that feeling, once your orgasm from being penetrated, is a bad thing. I think everyone would enjoy that. Right. It's a different type of feeling. Orgasms feel great when you're not being penetrated and... They feel good certain times, mm-hmm. certain times, when you are being penetrated. So getting that 
that um, G-spot, the man G-spot, the prostate gland. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing. I wonder if there are any heterosexual guys out there that are like regularly having that. I think so. Penetrated and would be willing to discuss it. I think so. And yeah, yeah, hopefully we can get some of those yeah those right. men out here. Or I would love to talk to someone who has has had or is having sex with both men and women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and can kind of talk a little bit about what that's like and the like how different we they do, are. We know like some the of those people. Of, do we? I'm pretty sure. I mean, this is yeah. this is America mm-hmm. <laughs> in 2018, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, would love to talk to them and find out a little bit more about that perspective. Um, I mean, there's so I think there's just like a lot of nuance, though, mm-hmm. right? Um, in gay sex and gay dating, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that I think um, heterosexuals just don't know, just aren't privy to. People start hearing. Little things like, oh, that person's a bear or an otter and stuff like They don't know what any of that shit Well, I means. don't know what all that stuff is. But yeah, I think it's just <laughs> a, a self, I want to say self-culture, but in a sense, yeah, yeah, self-culture. So yeah, I think gay people, there's like, yeah, which you mentioned the otters and, you know, the bears and then there's pups and then there's... Well, what's a pup? I think a pup, I don't know. I think a pup is a small bear. No, that's bear cubs, because there's bear and then the cubs. Okay. You have a bear and then you have the cubs. The bear is the, the bigger bear, uh-huh. and then the cubs the smaller. Wait, so so explain. So, because there are clearly some people, we can say these oh. things and they won't know. So, bear is... Well, a bear is... is like a hairy sort of um, muscle to... He has he has some weight on him. Mm-hmm. He can be muscled. He can also not be muscled. He can have a little bit of a belly. A little husky. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, husky. Yeah, husky. That's kind of like a bear. And usually... Um, yeah, they're hairy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, most of the time they're hairy. And then they may have a cub who may be just smaller than them. But it's just a smaller version of a bear. And then you have uh, otters I love it. who I think are skinny, kind of like twinks, which are like skinny, hairless. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, otters are hairless. They're no, I think smooth, otters right? are twinks with hair. Oh, really? I think. I could be wrong. But I what? think otters are twinks. Well, I don't know, because who said, who, who to me... The type of gay I am, it's just like, why am I using all of these terms yeah. to describe bear? I think, as in most gay circles, bear has become a thing. It's popular. Twinks have twinks. Yeah, that has become a thing. Popular. But then there are so many other wolves and bear and otters, and I think otters definitely are skinny twinks that are, have hair. It's funny because I feel like people just assume, like, well, you're gay, you know these things. You know, it's kind of this. Let me ask you this thing, gay person. Let me ask you this gay question about this gay thing, gay person. Maybe. And then you're like, I don't know. It's like, what? You don't Maybe. know that? Which well, do, makes well, do sense. You guys ask, I don't think my friends do that to me. I guess they, no. know, they know me. But um, but I also don't know what you do and don't know in terms of like gay culture oh, because I don't think I think about you in yeah, that way. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I just know you as Stanley. Yeah. So if it's a matter of, oh, this gay thing, I don't think, oh, well, Stanley's gay, he's going to know this thing. Mm-hmm. I probably would just look it up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the same way I think, I don't know. I think it is different with women, though. I think that when a man wants to know something that's like a woman's thing or woman's issue, he just asks a woman that he knows. Hmm. I wonder why that's different. I don't know. Because would you, you would do that, right? If it was something you were like, oh, this pertains to women, you'd be like, let me ask my friend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Or, or even if it's not, like, I think they, 
No, I go, I, I probably wouldn't assume that they knew, mm-hmm. but it would be more likely, especially depending on what it was about. Right. I go, some of these women will probably, I, I'm going to run across one woman or two women who are going to know what I'm talking about. Right. So I would just go to them. Or if they didn't know, then they can go, well, I've heard about this and I can get more information because that's usually what I do. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I is. think also if I was like, oh, this thing that pertains to men, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there, I would probably ask a, a, a slew of, a variety of different kind of men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think it would be such a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. Such a different perspective. It's like, if I asked, you know, some of the coaches at the, at the gym, mm-hmm. their perspective might be extremely different from asking some guys in, that I know from the fashion industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about women's issues. I, I will ask mm-hmm. a large group of women cause I'm pretty sure they say different things or have a different feeling or thought about it. Opinion. Well, absolutely. fucking mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I mean, also, too, I think it's like even with like the Me Too movement, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about these movements and these things, Black Lives Matter movement, all these things that happen. And of course, it's encompassing, right? Mm -hmm. There isn't enough time or space or energy to suss all these things out. We know they're complicated. We know that they have layers. We know that they're multidimensional. But this, um, it's like saying like Black Lives Matter and just being like, well, I'm not going to support it because they different kinds of blacks from my black. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, that's just fucking stupid. You know what it is. It's yeah. a, a, essentially all encompassing. We can't get into the nuance of all of that, but mm-hmm. we all want to come together collectively for the same mission. Exactly. Um, and then it's the same with, you know, like me too. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is just about women empowerment and changing the climate and changing yeah. the culture to make it safer for women to make it that women can can do the same things and not have to worry about stupid things like you know somebody putting their hand up their skirt at work and stuff like that or even just yeah but not not benign but if it's not physical sort of uh, you know harassment then it's just verbal harassment you know women or even just simple things like a woman thinking that she has to wear high heels to an interview or just to put makeup on or those types of things she has a pretty mouth yeah she has an interview Wow, okay. <laughs> These sure things happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like, you know, you can ask so many different types of of women, uh, so many different types of people, and, um, you know, they can come from many different walks of life. Exactly. And their perspective on things might be different, but the one thing that you'll find is that a lot of them will have had many um, similar experiences. Yeah. They've experienced a lot of the same uh, types of discrimination in different ways yeah. and that's pretty much where it's like all encompassing mm-hmm. um yeah we kind of super went on a tangent right there Dang. well it's all <laughs> relevant stuff that is going on and very much a part of the what is it zeitgeist right now or the, zeitgeist for sure yeah yeah it definitely is and it shouldn't go away it's always interesting to me too that when all these things happen it's kind of like with the black Lives matters and it's mainly people of color black people and people of color who are who are rallying behind it. Mm-hmm. And definitely there are other people of other races who are definitely supportive and leading in their own ways, definitely. But, uh, and, you know, even with women, which is like over 50% of the population, you, it's weird to me that people wouldn't be like men. Certain men are scared of their powers being stripped away. And it's like, really? Like, no one's, no one's asking for women to take over or, 
are because and which means even if they were yes because and that also points to the fact that men feel like they own everything and it's just Absolutely. like why do you have a a problem with things you being on equal footing why why are you scared of that because you feel like something's going to be taken away from you and if if things are you don't have as much as you used to have that's okay. Maybe you need to re-examine that. It's interesting that men feel threatened well, by that. And it's that's sad. That's all those isms go back, right? Sexism, yeah. racism, classism. Exactly. That's that's where all that stuff is bred. That's, mm-hmm. that's where it's brewed and that's how it perpetuates when you know there's a fear of sharing any sort of privilege. Yeah. Or it, it, the sad thing is like it's not even about privilege. At these points, it's just about human rights. Human rights, and just... it's about human rights, right? Not letting, uh, not letting gays marry, or you know, um, or people, um, trans trans people have certain privileges. Mm-hmm. Not even privileges, rights have certain rights. Yeah, it's insane. It is the, the the idea of let's prevent this from happening because I just don't like the cut of your jib like it's just, it is insane because there's no other rationale behind it besides the i don't like other you are other so you need to stay the hell away mm-hmm. from me and i need to do everything i can to make sure i stay on the top so you can be on the bottom mm-hmm. so i can continue to dislike you from my very comfortable distance yeah it is insane our greediness and just uh, you know, you want you're okay with seeing people have less than what you have. You're you're okay with seeing seeing people suffer, and I think that's what you need to look at. It's like you can still have what you have, and also allow people to get. Or maybe you should be okay with giving away some of the privilege or some of the extra shit that you have in order for some per- other person to live comfort comfortably and to enjoy their lives more. As a human being, you should want to do that. So it's or you when, it. Are, are using using that privilege it's like, that why you have wouldn't to help you? people? Yeah, why wouldn't you? And and, and it's interesting that people because that's to me what it boils down to. It's just like why I don't know. It, it it's very um, that's also very deep and layered. Yeah, but it's interesting though because I think there is that fear, right? Of I have to give something up, and a lot of the times you really don't Mm-mm, know. You really it's don't. it's not a giving up of anything Mm -hmm. the problem is that people don't see first of all they don't see past their own freaking nose yeah so that's the first off um but it's sort of this idea right of like oh if i use up all my create if i if i put out create creativity then i'm gonna use up all my creativity and it's like well that's not how that works i forget Mm -hmm. the uh maya angelou quote but it's like the more creativity you use the more creativity you will create Mm -hmm. the more you will have right so it's sort of like tokenism mm-hmm. where there's that one person at the job and you know they're the one black person in their company and they don't want to actually bring any other black people in and they yeah. know another black person to be really qualified but you know they're still kind of a little bit afraid mm-hmm. that like it's like why there will be too too many of us <laughs> like it harms everyone. It harms, it harms you as well as the token. Yeah. You are also harmed. It harms everyone to have that lack of diversity. And it, it harms everyone to have that lack of perspective. Yeah. It's never a good thing. And I think, too, just to speak on that, to that sort of tokenism, I think it's for everyone who's felt, I definitely felt like that at some point in my life, in my career. 
And you just have to realize where does that come from? And it's okay to be like, it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. We mm-hmm. all make mistakes. We all go through things. But I think it's, it's very important to understand that. And if you can see it for what it is and then try to find, how can I make this better? How can I get over this? You know, I know I'm the only black person or, or what woman here, but it is about, so it also helps you because then I don't have to feel that anymore. I don't have to feel like I'm representing, you know, this particular right. group. And if That's you want to help people, thing. pay it forward in a, in a sense. And you aren't going to lose your position if someone else comes in who's from a similar background as you or looks like you. And I think that is a fear. And I think that is normal. And I've gone through that. But you just have to, it's all about growing and, and, and trying to be more aware. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a shit person. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you are. But sometimes you are for different reasons, not for that. Sometimes your fear is, it's a legitimate fear that we all experience and you just need to get the tools to deal with it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or unpack that. Yes, definitely. And on that note, I would love to discuss this further, but we have come to a close of the show. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So Stanley, anything to plug? Why don't you go ahead and share your Instagram or any other social media that you would love more followers for? I only fo- well, it's not even that I want more followers. I'm you like, do though. Uh, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I my um, Instagram is standardw, and most of my friends know I do not post that much to my Instagram. Um, and I do it probably about four times a year. Uh, I don't oh, even know if geez. that's right. I'm gonna unfollow you. I don't even. Well, I feel follow. like I love taking pictures and Feed stuff. Me stuff. Actually, I don't. Listen. <laughs> That's my Instagram, Standrick W. So at Standrick W, mm-hmm. you can follow Stanley. You can also follow me at Always Fashion Week. And I say this every episode, you can also grab a copy of The Joburg Juggle on Amazon. Which is wonderful. Thank you, Stanley. I read it, yes, in paperback and um, through um, the Kindle. audio Kindle. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I there's still... no audio book. I have yes, that on that for Oh, but that would be good. That's a good idea. Ooh, coming, yeah. coming soon, possibly. Oh, God. When the second book comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully. Well, so. for now, there is, you can purchase a paperback or you can get the Kindle ebook mm-hmm. version on Amazon. And if you feel so passionate about this episode or you have any suggestions, any topics that you'd like to discuss, or you would like to add to the how to identify if you are a black hipster quiz, you can always send us an email at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to go ahead and let Kaya take us out and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.